With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like my Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Broadcasting live from the TyRack.com studios, TyRack.com. Well, we get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. It's the way that tire buying should be. We have an unbelievable show for you. I really like this show, how it's laid out for you. Um, we're basically going to talk football and probably a little bit of halftime show. And we'll have T.J. Spinzada joining us. But, you know, it's, it's one of those games where... I don't have to talk about a game that you missed. It's a game you all saw. The, just the question is, did you see all the little things that we've seen? Um, did you see all the little things that we've seen? And I will point out, like, again, this is not – I hate giving score predictions. My score prediction was 20-17, to 17, Chiefs would win. And my – Logic behind it was one team has Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid who have been there, done that, won that before. And the other team had Kyle Shanahan, who everyone thinks of as a very good head coach and an excellent play caller. And Brock Purdy, who had never been there, never done it before. Now, is it really simplistic to say, well, that's really the difference? Sure. And sports and life is a lot more complex than black and white. It's a lot more complex than black and white. But I do think that at the end of the day, there's a difference there. It's totally unfair to say, like, on third down, okay, on third down, Chris Jones comes unabated as the offensive line. Somebody screwed up protection, and he's unabated. And, you know, Brock Purdy kind of had to throw it away. But he did have Brandon Ayuk open in the end zone. And again, if you make that quick read and you see there's no safety there, you got to trust your guy to go make a play. Or, or maybe it's if it was fourth and four and the Chiefs had the ball, would we have expected the Chiefs to go for it? Or maybe that this is the biggest difference in playing against the Chiefs now as opposed to playing against the Chiefs previously where – I don't remember there being any discussion from Tony Romo about whether or not you go for it instead of kicking a field goal in overtime, right? Kick a field goal, take the points, play defense. Now, look, part of it is San Francisco's defense is really good and had played well in the game. There's two things. The defense is really good, didn't play well in their two previous games, played well yesterday. But... Would ever before, before this year, would you ever go like, yeah, three points is enough? Not against Pat Mahomes. Generally, it's not. We, we only advocated for three more points when the Lions were up 14 to make it from 14 to 17, not zero to, thir- not zero to three. Um, I thought it was a good game, not great game, a great and exciting finish. And 
the reason that people establish reputations as the greats of all time or greatest of all time is what we saw Pat Mahomes do not once but twice, which is move the ball down the field kick to get no overtime, uh, kick in overtime, and then move the ball down the field, went down three, and get a touchdown. But I thought Andy Reid's preparation, guys knowing the new overtime rules, going over the, the overtime scenarios where didn't, San Francisco didn't go over them nearly as much, I I I thought that that helped, and then I you know you you gotta at least tip the cap to the Chiefs in they ran the same play to win the Super Bowl two consecutive years. Uh, liked didn't love the halftime show. What mm, Tony Romo stepped on Nance's final call you know call of the game winning touchdown that's to be expected. I thought Brock Purdy, he didn't play poorly. He made some good plays. It's really hard to determine what his level is because of how they play. They are so committed to the run with the exception of the start of the second half when they weren't. I I did think that as they uh, marched down the field against, uh, against the Chiefs and they ultimately settled for a field goal in overtime, I was surprised they didn't run the football once they got in, you know, closer, you know, inside the 40, why they didn't run the football more there. But overall, it was a very good football. It was a close football game. It wasn't a great watch, but it wasn't because it was poorly played. Part of it is, as we told you all week, like you get all these people that are tweeting all these holding, you know, holding pass interference, things that weren't called, whatever. I told you, they don't want to throw penalties in the Super Bowl. They do them if and only if they feel like they have to. And the Chiefs end up winning the game by three. Bayer, you were there. What... Uh, I mean, you know, Greenlaw uh, appeared to tear his Achilles tendon. That was a crazy play and one that I thought hurt the Niners down the stretch. Um, Debo Samuel, although he played after it, seemed to tweak his hamstring. There was muffed punts all over the place. Wasn't a cleanly played game from either side. Mahomes did throw an interception. Wasn't an arm punt, but it was somewhere in between a costly one and an arm punt. And... um, uh, I I didn't hear it mentioned late in the broadcast, but the blocked uh, the blocked extra point did end up making the game go yeah. overtime. Yeah, there, there's I I think that there's a lot there, and, and I want to at least start with with the Greenlaw injury because this is one of the things. Well, everybody wants to be at a Super Bowl. We didn't see it happen. Because, you know, why would we, right? Guys are just running onto the field. You're not sitting there focused on, wait a sec, did he just run on the field and get himself, you know, injure himself? It's it's They're not replaying it on the Jumbotron. That's not what the NFL's going to do. They're not going to show an injury of, you know, a guy running onto the field to play defense being hurt. So it was one of those things that as you're also following social media at that time and no earpieces, by the way, I know that's very inside Super Bowl, but Doug, you know what I'm talking about where you could listen to the broadcast on your ear, uh, none this year. So you didn't even have that advantage. It was, it wasn't until social media really picked up on what exactly happened to Dre Greenlaw. Um, I think that it did play a, a role, but there are other bigger things. The, the Brock Purdy conversation with everything that you laid out, Debo ended up getting hurt in this game. They, for some reason, went away from Christian McCaffrey. George Kittle was a non-factor except converting a fourth down when they needed it. It was a big play, but he only had two catches the entire night. And yeah, he, he I, was he was hurt, by the way, and I know you can't see that when you're in the state. They actually did. That was one thing that uh, I thought Evan Washburn did a good job of, of doing on the sideline was tracking that injury. You know, they, but they tracked injury. So that, that's, that's one thing. That's the part of it, though, of when you have this Purdy conversation, when you when you when you have where you want to put Brock Purdy and I'm middle on the road. We talked about it last week in Vegas. Right. I said, I think he's good enough. I want to see if he's great enough. When people wanted to put him up at the MVP level, they would always poo poo saying, well, he's got all these great guys around him. Right. He's got uh, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. Ah, no, he's he's it. Okay, well, let's take away some of those pieces. Right now, what happens? Right, he's just and, a guy. and yeah, and and that's what you saw. I think again, you know, juxtaposed to what was going on on the other sideline. When you do have Patrick Mahomes, 
That's why the Purdy MVP conversation was so silly. And it doesn't mean he's not going to be an MVP 10 years down the line. It doesn't mean that he's not going to be a better quarterback next year than he is this year. But let's be honest on who he was and what he was. You're right, he wasn't great last night. Made some great plays, the pass to use check to to avoid, you know, the, uh, the pass rush and roll out and throw that down. Great plays. But when it comes down to it, they put the game on his shoulder in the third quarter. The offense didn't do anything. They kind of went away from Christian McCaffrey at that point. And I think like this Purdy discussion for all of the Purdy haters out there, they got a lot of ammunition from last night's game. Yeah, and and I'm with you as well. And I don't think he'll be a – I could be wrong. I don't think he'll be an MVP candidate. I don't know how long he'll be the starting quarterback there. right? Because the way it works with all these things is, you know, it's like – Eventually, you're going to have to pay him. And when you pay him, like how much you're really going to pay to keep him. And once you pay to keep him, you're going to have kind of what Pat Mahomes had, right? Where you're going to have that big, there'll be a year where it takes away the salary cap. Like, I, I don't know he's that guy. As opposed to Kyle, and I do think Kyle is borders on arrogant in that he thinks, and he's right. Like, kind of anybody can be good in that system. Obviously, it takes something else to be great. And maybe he's the perfect fit for now, but he's the perfect fit for now based on how, he, how much he makes. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. And that's the biggest point is, and I said this about Lamar Jackson before his AFC championship game. Like Lamar didn't play well, didn't play great, you know, and made some errors in the red zone. It wasn't his fault that they fumbled at the one inch line. Not his fault. But the way in which this deal works is, especially when, because Lamar did have uh, ample opportunities after that fumble. You either do or you don't. It, it honestly, mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons that that Josh Allen has avoided some of the criticism because with the 13 second game, like he literally played a perfect game. That, sure. that you, you know, <laughs> yeah, he, he played a perfect football game, and his defense just couldn't stop anybody. His coaching staff didn't help him with the 13 seconds. Should have won the game. We can't say that about Brock Purdy, and. You know, this is un- this is totally unfair. Chris Jones comes running in unabated. Okay? But there's two things that you probably would guess would happen if Pat Mahomes was the quarterback. One, you'd think he'd probably sidestep and still thr- find a way to throw that ball. Mm-hmm. Okay? The second thing is, well, on fourth and four, they would have gone for it. And you don't do that with Brock Purdy because he's relatively inexperienced and will play to our strengths and our defense, whatever, and try. And they're not great offensively. So I'm, I'm with you. He also, and they ended up scoring on a great pass that he had to Jawan Jennings, but also on that same drive, he overshot Debo, which would have been a surefire touchdown. Yes. And missed him bad. And maybe, maybe Debo's hamstring was a reason why he missed him so bad. But it was it was there for them, and they didn't get it. Now, in one of the notes that I made of, you know, Brent Marsberger, Musburger, mark it down. You know, at that point, I'm like, yeah. they don't get this touchdown on this drive. That's a big point. But, um, yeah, it was, he, was, he was good last night. He wasn't the, the biggest problem, you know, that they had by, by any means. Um, but it was a, it was a collective effort. And I think that conversation, I think the Shanahan conversation as well, you know, is, is one that is, is going to linger throughout this off season, but so much was about Brock Purdy and where he was. And then you see what Patrick Mahomes does. And now I think you kind of got to feel si- silly to think that people were putting him in the same class. Here's Brock Purdy on the missed opportunities in the Super Bowl. I think that's what eats at me is I feel like we could have we had our opportunities man to I think sort of lap them and get up on them and I think we we failed to do that so moving forward with my career and you know if you get blessed enough to get in this kind of position again you think you have to understand that and not, uh, learn the hard way the first thing that comes to mind is just like when you have an opportunity like we did you know to to really you know put some points up on them and, and take it you got to take it man it's the Super Bowl we got a, a good team in the Chiefs on the other side and you know, I think we had opportunities to do that, and fell sh- we all fell short of it. Uh, here's Kyle Shanahan on his game plan. What I can't live with is when I do stuff that I didn't plan on doing or that I didn't do and second-guess myself. And um, I'm proud of what we did today as a coaching staff and as players in terms of we worked and we did everything that we planned on doing. We just didn't get it done. And any play that didn't work out, yeah, you always look at that stuff. But that's, that's how every game is. It's an interesting way of looking at it. He's saying his process was good. The results just were not. Give me your thoughts at Gottlieb Show, Twitter at Gottlieb Show on Instagram as 
This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the Tyrac.com studios. T.J. Esmanzada is going to join us in a couple moments. Uh, before we get to that, there's a lot of other stuff going on in sports post-Super Bowl, not just the Super Bowl. For that, let's get to Dan Byer for a quick update, Dan. Yeah, Doug, Kansas City Chiefs heading back to Kansas City after their Super Bowl 58 win last night in overtime over the 49ers. And Andy Reid is heading back uh, as the Chiefs head coach, and he'll be their head coach in the 2024 season, confirming that, yeah, he's along for the quest for a three-peat. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said today that the league looks forward to coming back to Las Vegas and hosting another Super Bowl. UCLA has named former running back Deshaun Foster as their new head football coach. Spent the past seven seasons at UCLA as their running backs coach, then left for a job with the Raiders for about a week and a half. Now comes back to take over the gig, replacing Chip Kelly, who left to be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. College Hoops, UConn and Purdue won two in the men's AP Top 25 poll. For the first time since 1979, when Larry Bird was wearing a Sycamore's jersey, Indiana State has cracked the top 25, coming in at number 23. South Carolina, unanimous number one again in the women's poll. Ohio State is two. Stanford, three. Iowa comes in at number four. Pelicans guard Dyson Daniels out indefinitely after Terry the meniscus in his left knee. That's according to The Athletic. And The Athletic also says heat guard Josh Richardson suffered a dislocated right shoulder. He'll be re-evaluated in a few weeks, according to the report. Doug, back to you. Thank you, Dan. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. T.J. Hushmanzada joins us, co-host of Up On Game. Heard on Fox Sports Radio on Saturdays. Find it in the iHeartRadio app. Um, T.J., let's, let's, let's talk about last night's game. What were your thoughts on uh, the Niners' play calling? All right, Doug. Listen, I haven't watched any, any TV shows today because I didn't want to dilute my opinion. Good. I didn't watch any shows this morning at all. Doug, what is Shanahan doing? And I love Kyle Shanahan. What are you doing? You get that when Mahomes throws that interception, you've been having success running the ball. You pass, 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 punch. Run the ball. Like he got they were they were effective running the ball in the first half. He got away from it in the third quarter and went back to it midway through the fourth quarter. But you, in essence, could have put the game away if you run the ball after halftime in the third quarter. I don't know what he was doing. But if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, because this is just off the top of my head. Is this not the third time that he's blown a double-digit lead in the Super Bowl? Yes. Third time. And I think Kyle Shanahan is one of the best coaches in football. But when the big game is on the line, I, I'm questioning his ability to call the right plays at the right time at the right moment because now 
this is your third time doing it, and it's the biggest of games. Uh, I agree. I mean, I, 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 it's really hard to understand that one unless the defense dictated that they took away the run and they should throw the you football. Dictate, dictate all you want. Dictate all you want. We're having success running the ball. Uh, this offensive line is C-Mac, let's go. Because after he throws that interception, Doug, if they get a first down, they're in field goal range. One first down, they're in field goal range. I, I, I was dumbfounded. I mean, there's so many different plays that I can go to over the course of the game last night. And Mark Marquez out in Stanley. He catches the hitch. He runs backwards. He loses five yards. It's yes. second and 15. Yes. Steve Wilkes, why are you going cover zero? Two plays in a row. You went cover zero two plays in a row, and then you go cover zero. You're showing them what you're doing. You're not even disguising it. Guys are 10 yards off. Like, what are you doing? This is a Super Bowl. Did you actually watch film? Like, it just boggles my mind that these coaches watch so much film, and then when it's a crucial play, they're more nervous than the players are. The, uh, at the end, it was the end of, no, it was in, in overtime when Purdy's driving down there. Um, third down, no one blocks Chris Jones. Right. Unblocked. We all watch football. And everybody, when Spagnola needs a big play on defense, what is he going to do? He's going to bring pressure. Spags is going to be, bring pressure when a play needs to be made on defense. They go empty set. They bring McCaffrey in motion, run a jet sweep look. And, yes. Juwan Jennings is wide open, but the best player on the Chiefs' defense goes unblocked. The right tackle has to step down. He didn't, but why are you going empty when you know Spags likes to bring pressure in a big situation? Why are you going empty? And you know that play takes time to develop. The Chiefs won the game, but the 49ers literally blew it. They had the game won, Doug. They had the game won, and I'm passionate about this because – I know quite a few players on the Niners, and it sucks for them that a game you should win and you don't. Okay, what about the other side? What what did you not like and not like about Andy Reid and what they did? The Chiefs played, in my opinion, about as good as you can play. They they don't have the weapons in a passing game. You know, the third down that Kelsey ran a shallow crossing route, the 49ers are in man coverage. You know they're going to Kelsey. You've done a great job limiting him in the first half, and then you let him get off in the second half. But, hey, that was your game plan. I just felt like Andy Reid and the Chiefs and Mahomes were saying, okay, let's just keep it close. Let's keep it close. Let's keep it close. Because if it comes down to it, I trust my guy over anybody, and that guy's Pat Mahomes. And exactly what happened, he, he came through. Again in overtime. Are you really telling me your analytics guy said let's worry about the second overtime so take the ball first? I don't believe that. Who's worried about the second overtime? I'm like, just so – have you ever heard a coach say we're worried about the second overtime? No, I've never so heard – I, I, I just asked I, – my, my question, and obviously I'm reacting to the sound and, and Dan's played it for us of him saying that – is, okay, can you show me the data that shows how many times you've actually gotten the ball a second time? Right. This is, Doug, this is the first time. This is the first I know. postseason with these rules. So what, what data is there? None. You always play defense when you know you're going to get the ball because, one, you, you know what you need, and you always have an extra down. You always have an extra down. You never take the ball first. Like, if that's your analytics guy, he needs to be out of a job this morning because he advised you wrong. Like, that's just common You don't even need analytics for that. That's common sense. Okay, help, help me out with, um, obviously, they don't block Chris Jones. You didn't, didn't like that, um, and, and, and rightfully so. But in your mind, I guess here's the, the question. If that was Pat Mahomes at quarterback, okay, and not Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback, would you have gone for it on fourth and four instead of kick a field goal to go up three? I'll be honest. I'm kicking a field goal. I'm kicking a field goal okay. because – the defense had played extremely well all game. They played well all game. And just that last, that overtime drive, they just, again, they just started doing things that they hadn't done much the entire game. I would kick the field goal because the defense had shown me that they could limit Pat Mahomes. Now, you're, you're leery because this is Patrick Mahomes, 
but you have to at least force the Niners to have to score, meaning they have to get a field goal. If you don't get that, and now they're just in field goal range, it's I, I agree with kicking the field goal. I don't agree with the play call on third down because I, I felt like Spags is always going to be bring pressure when they need a play. But, yeah, I, I would kick the field goal in that situation, me. Should the Niners have known that the same play that won the Chiefs the Super Bowl last year won the Super Bowl this year? Man, the, Andy Reid is just, if you're going to play man-to-man, I, I guarantee you this, though, Doug. Another team, when they see that bunch alignment playing the Chiefs inside the five-yard line, you better check zone defense. You, you see that bunch alignment with a guy motioning in, you better check zone defense. It's like, they just did this last year, right? Like, <laughs> they just did the same play last year and won the Super Bowl and did it again to win it again. And so, hey, Andy Reid is not overthinking this thing, man. He's going out there playing football. If you're going to play man-to-man, we're going to put your guys in the bind, and that's what he did. Is Brock Purdy good enough for the Niners? Doug, I like Purdy. Now, he he didn't play his best football, but he played good enough for them to win. I'm a fan of Brock Purdy. I I don't like the the slander that Brock Purdy gets because it's, oh, he played with so many All-Pros. Oh, all these guys are good. Well, when a quarterback doesn't have the weapons, that's all we say. He doesn't have the weapons. He needs weapons. He just so happened to go to a team that has weapons, and he's playing well with them. Is he the best quarterback in the world? No, but he's for sure a top 12 quarterback in the league, in my opinion, because there's quarterbacks in this league that would not do what he's done with the 49ers. That's a fact. And so I'm not going to slander him because I actually think Brock Purdy is an accurate quarterback. He puts the ball where the receiver can make the play. Um, just came up short. Okay. Is is there anyone better that you've seen than Mahomes? Like, you played in the Brady era. No. Right? You played in the Peyton era. Is there anyone you've seen better than Mahomes? No. Mahomes, he, he's going to do what he needs to do to win the game. I mean, he's running for first downs. He didn't have the guys, the skilled players this year that he's had in years past. I did not think the Chiefs could win it because of that. Um, they won it. You've got to give a ton of credit to their defense. I tell you what, Brett Beach, Andy Reid, and everybody else was let Chris Jones go. It's over. Let Chris Jones go. It's over. I'm going to just say that. But, no, right now Patrick Mahomes looks like he's on, he's on his way to being the greatest quarterback that ever played. He wins a couple more Super Bowls. Um, whether he passes, surpasses Brady or not, you'd have to say he's going to be the greatest quarterback. What he's done um, in his short career – it's amazing. It's the dude is just a baller, man. Straight when, baller. When you said uh, when you said let Chris Jones go, what do you mean? Chris Jones is a free agent. They better resign that man. They let Chris Jones go. The Kansas City Chiefs will not be the Kansas City Chiefs that we saw this year. Chris Jones is the Pat Mahomes of that defense. Let him go, and let, let's see how this plays out. Yeah, I mean, uh, they can still franchise tag him, can't they? Didn't they redo his deal right before the season after he sat out a couple games? Yes, I don't. They lost to the Detroit Lions opening night, and it was like, oh, <laughs> we need ninety five. We sure. need Stone Cold Chris Jones in the lineup. And, and so, I don't know if the renegotiation said they would not be allowed to franchise him, but I'm coming to an agreement with Chris Jones. He, to me. He means that much to that defense. Did you see when they got down just the leader? Bring everybody on the sideline on the defense and let them know, like, not only are you a great player, you're going to lead them. You're going to lead them the right way. You're not, you're not going to run in Tandy Reed like Kelsey did and they blow, they act like nothing happened. You're going to lead the team the right way. I like that. All right, give me one other thing that we missed that you're, you, you just, you've been dying to share but you have, and you haven't watched any TV so far today. No, what we didn't discuss was when you when you ask about Brock Purdy, he he missed some throws, like that play action. Debo, uh, he overthrew him. He had a little pressure, but if he lets the ball go a split second sooner, which he should have, that's an easy walk in touchdown. And so, yes, they missed some plays, but it was just. I don't understand Shanahan's play calling, which we discussed. Brock Purdy did miss a throw. Everybody's going to miss a play in the game. I've dropped balls. Quarterback misses throws. 
uh, Lyman miss block. It was a great game. I don't want to, like, get on the players because I know how much goes into this. And then to come up short is so disheartening. But the sun will rise tomorrow as it did today for those players. You take a few weeks off and you back at it again. TG, you're the best, man. Great season. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Thanks for being our guest. Doug, appreciate you, man. you the best. Keep up the great work, my guy. All right, that's my guy, TJ Hushmanzada, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're doing great. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from the TireRack.com studios, TireRack.com. We'll help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. way tire buying should be. Uh, T.J. Ospinzato will join us later on this hour. I just want to talk about the game and about the weekend, and a great way to do so is something we do every Monday. We call it love and hate. We call it love and hate. We call it love and hate. And hate. And love hate. And, hate. and hate. Love and, love. and marriage. Love and marriage. <laughs> by the way. What did you? By the way. God, I love oh. you. And what did Maybe you? Maybe that'd be my love. Meet these player haters. Uh, that'll be your love? Go ahead. I may, I, I, love? I, can I have two loves? Because yes. you just struck something in my mind. Okay. All right, you want me to start it out? Yeah. All right, so this is what I loved from this past weekend. Uh, number one, I saw a guy wearing a poke high uh, Ed Bundy jersey at the Super Bowl, and I took a picture of it because it was just so awesome because all you saw were Kittle and McCaffrey and Purdy and Mahomes and Kelsey, red jerseys, white jerseys, whatever, and Sitting where we were in the media section in the in the 400 level, a guy walking up the stairs, repping a poke high 33 jersey. I absolutely loved that, Doug. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I love that as well. Um, obviously, you have, to, you have to get the reference, right? The Polk <laughs> High School, which is from Love and Marriage, which is from uh, Married with Children, uh, which is a, a tremendous show. But I just don't know how many it, – it's uh, – Usher's not that old, but I, again, like, Jace, do you – like, we all know it. Profet, do you know uh, Married with Children? Yeah, I think I, I think I remember that being on TV when I was a kid. Wow. Okay. Give me, give me what you love from the weekend. <sighs> from the weekend, from what I love, I love – I love Patrick Mahomes. Let's go with that. I like this. This feels like it, it, we we got to talk a little bit about the script once again, 
And I was just sitting there, and even by the end, in in overtime, I'm just sitting there like, I want the script. I, I want the script talk. It's coming back. Travis Kelsey, I need you on the final play. I saw him belt that out to get first and goal, and I'm like, give me what I want. I want more fire on the script talk. I want more fire on the script that Travis Kelsey is going to win this for the Chiefs. Like, I, I, I flipped. I, I went from not liking this idea that we're talking about the script because someone will probably be taking at face value and think that, that we're serious but no, I wanted the script there. I wanted the script there. Give me what I want. Fair, fair enough. Uh, what about you there, Jay Stu? What would you love from the weekend? I want to go with Andy Reid. Um, I root for Andy Reid. I'm an, I'm an admitted Chargers fan, but if the Chargers aren't going to win, and they typically don't, I want Andy Reid to win. It's like one of those rare things where he is a dynasty head coach, but he's lovable. Like, we typically learn to be a little bit more respectful, but we dislike the dynasty head coach. I love the guy because he has the perfect answer for every situation. That thing that could have gone very south with him and Kelsey on the sideline, he had the perfect answer. And it's all with levity. And I think it's underrated that he has scripted a play to win each of the last Super Bowls. And you know what the, the name of the play is? Corndog. And I don't think we give enough attention to the fact that he's so playful about his weight. He's going to talk about hamburgers, and his favorite play is corn dog. That's pretty good. The last time the, these two teams played, it was the two Jet Wasps play. Everybody talked about the play to Tyreek. What was the game-winning touchdown play call this year? Yeah, believe it or not, I mean, we had corn dog last year, and that was corn dog. That was corn dog. This was corn dog with a little mustard and ketchup. Corn <laughs> well, listen, I know you like corn. Oh, I love them. I ain't nothing like it. <laughs> Who doesn't you know, love corn dogs, by the way? Yeah, the truth is, I was just thinking, like, I don't. Hot dogs are something that smell better than they taste. You know, like, don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place. I love a good chili dog or Chicago style dog, whatever. But generally, like, you, you smell a hot dog. It smells like the greatest thing on earth. You bite in. You just feel bad about yourself because, you know, like, I shouldn't be eating this. But a corn dog. Smells good, tastes good. Something about it just works. Mm-mm. I mean, corn dog's really good. Good eating. Um, my, my, what I love from the weekend. Um, I love that Taylor Swift let Travis Kelsey's mom get the first hug and kiss. I thought that was. It's like elevator training. We all know what you're supposed to do, right? You're like you're supposed to let the women and kids off the elevator first. But do you actually do it? She knew it. Everybody knows what you're supposed to do, but most mega superstars would want to be in the spotlight, would run out there on the field to get a little bit of that shine. She didn't do as such. I love that. I love that. Um, what else did I love from this weekend? Uh, Dan, you had another one, right? Didn't yeah, I, I did. And I just a quick question. Um, when was the last time you guys had a corn dog? Just recently, literally like maybe two weeks ago, um, I was craving wiener schnitzel. And we got uh, chili dogs and, and corn dogs, and they were delicious. Like, I think when I was 17, which had been 20 years ago, last time for me. Wow. That, Doug? Uh, not, I think it was in the summer. I was at some sort of fair or festival or something, and they had corn dogs, and I had one, and I was like, man, I shouldn't be eating this, but this is so good. How about you, Dan? Yeah, the last the last good one I had was 14 years ago at the State Fair of Texas. Good old uh, corny dog that you got there. And to Jason's point, if he went to the Wiener Schnitzel where he lives, I had never been to a Wiener Schnitzel in the 18 plus years I've lived in California. And at some point within the last 12 months, I said to my wife, "I just want to go and try a corn dog from there." And I was a little unimpressed. I think it has to be fair bound like that's like if maybe it's because the higher level is carnival fair, but Wiener schnitzel corn dog just did not do it for me. I, I think that's fair. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anybody have anything else they loved from the weekend? I, uh, my the other one that I had. Sorry for hogging this. I because I drove to Vegas and I drove back this morning. Yep. Loved the road trip. You know, oh, road trips are just un yeah, they're underrated. Uh, Nice four-hour drive. It was a little more. It's a little traffic that that I hit um, coming into town. But yeah, great, beautiful drive. Not excruciating long at all. I'll tell you this about uh, and 
you missed it by a couple days, but I'm sure you experienced it some. So what time in the morning did you get up to drive home? I left Vegas at 7 this morning. Okay, so that's a, so you probably early in the drive you experienced it. When it snows in the Sierra Nevadas on that drive, even when it's dark out, and you ha- if you have the moon, like I've driven that drive right after you get one of these snowstorms, uh-huh. and like the whole road is illuminated because oh, wow. there's the moon and then the snow and then some snow on the desert floor, and it just lights the whole thing up. It's it's actually kind of a really cool. It's a I don't I like that drive, and the yeah. only reason I didn't make that drive, just so you know, was I, I had a basketball game to coach on Saturday, a couple games, and then I had my fr- kids had people over. But today I'm I got a four hour drive. I hope because I'm taking my daughter Grace to see Tool in Fresno. Mm. So yeah, Fres- Fresno. Which well, honk is a is of, drive by. So you uh, I will honk as I as yeah. I as I drop out. We may pop in to, to to spend the night, Dan. Just see so it, just so you know. Um, uh, Jay Stu, you got anything else you loved? Man, um, I I really really uh, want to go like full bore on my hate, but um, from the weekend, I will say this: um, the trip that I had back to Burbank could not have been faster or better or more efficient. I don't know if you guys are good at sleeping on planes, but I don't know if, if I think the trip's like 45 minutes. Uh, we take off, I fall asleep, and I wake up as we're thudding down in Burbank. Like It was the perfect trip. It's the best. Like, That's the it. best flight. when you and, and for people who know me, how I fly, I fly a lot of late night, cross-country, red-eye flights, and when I fly those flights, right, when I fly those flights, I I like to be the last one on, and I want to be so tired and comatose, and I tell people all the time, the best flights ever are when you're the last one on, so you're not waiting in line, like door hits you, and then when you sit down, close your eye, click your seatbelt, close your eyes, and you wake up, and it's somebody nudging you to get up to get off the flight. I love that. I love that. Perfect, you got anything else you love? No, I'm actually fired up about the thing I hate. So okay, let's get to what you let's get to what we hated. Uh, I hated the NFL awards. I think there was so many swings and misses this year. Um, I don't know how Antonio Gates doesn't go in the Hall of Fame. It's easy to say he can get in the next couple of years, but we've got crowded classes in for 2025 and 2026 as well. That felt like. A very big miss. It's hard to argue with some of the guys who went in, but like I felt leaving Gates out was probably the wrong move. But also, then in the wards itself, I, I didn't think I'd be as torn up about comeback player of the year. And it's not that DeMar Hamlin didn't deserve a lot of those first place votes, but Joe Flacco? Like, I, I feel like if you were going to go between the three, DeMar Hamlin, Baker Mayfield, Joe Flacco, Baker Mayfield had the bigger argument. He was coming from about the same circumstances, and he played a whole year. Joe Flacco threw two less interceptions in just five games than Baker Mayfield did all year. Like, Baker Mayfield played enough that we're talking about a new contract for him. He was my comeback player of the year, and then, I I don't know, I, I think Stefanski was fine. I still thought it should have been D'Amico Ryan. It just felt like there was a lot of Brown's love in these NFL awards and there was a lot of just small storylines that just kind of like why did that guy get this kind of voting why does CeeDee Lamb have a first place vote for offensive player of the year I in general the awards have felt very tortured for a few years now and I'm not sure what the fix is uh okay uh Dan Byer something you loved uh, well, I hated, you hated, yeah, uh, the first three quarters of the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. It was the Super Bowl. Uh, thank goodness, as you said, Doug, <laughs> you used it at the, uh, the top of the show of fourth quarter and overtime were great, but it was not a great game. It was it was not. It was a great ending. Uh, so I am in lockstep with you with that. So, I, uh, yeah, I did not like the first three quarters of the Super Bowl. And when you're there, the one Super Bowl I've sat through, and that's one of those things in life where you just have to do it once and you have to do it again. When you're there, you feel those extended breaks, those six or seven minute breaks, because you can't get up and get something to eat or whatever, or talk with your buddies. Like having a bad football game, a poor product to watch, and you just sit there through commercials, I'm guessing you felt it much worse than we did at home. 
Yeah, yeah, there was not a lot of momentum. Pro 49ers crowd, obviously. I think Not that the Chiefs didn't show up. It's just, you know, location-wise, a lot more San Francisco fans in that area. But, yeah, there was there was nothing. There wasn't even momentum in the game. You know, San Francisco went up 10 nothing, but by no means were the Niners fans, you know, getting cocky or jumping out of their seats. There was just it, – it was – yeah, it was very, very herky-jerky and – yeah, it just wasn't great football for the first. That third quarter, minutes. I think it took to about five, three minutes left in the third quarter for the 49ers to pick up a first down. It was it, yeah, it, it, it was, was a hard so watch. Brutal. It yeah. was it it was a hard it was a hard watch, and you know it's one of those to, to where you go like, okay, wait, wait, is it the is it the defense? Is the offense tight? Like, what is it? And at some point, it doesn't matter. And again, this is one of those kids. Oftentimes, can be the best guide, right? And, like, you ask – I asked my, my son, I was like, ah, oh, this game's boring. It's like, but at least it's close. And then it gave us a really good, interesting ending. You know, it gave us a really good, interesting ending. Um, uh, I, I, I just – I hate the conspiracy theory stuff. I, I can't stand it. I love the, the Joe Biden tweet. I thought that was hilarious. But, uh, you know, just the way we planned it. But I, I really do hate. I mean, I just hate that stuff. It's just so dumb, so incredibly. People dumb. were digging up the CBS executive who made the joke about double overtime when it was going to yeah. overtime. McManus, and, I want to yeah. say. Sean McManus. That's the outgoing president of CBS. Yeah. Yep. The thing that I hated, and I want, I, I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, Kyle Shanahan wins the toss, and he chooses to receive an overtime, and then he told the reporters afterwards. That that was the plan going in. That he had discussed it among his coaches. That if they re- if they get the coin toss, they're going to receive uh, questionable judgment. And it has nothing to do with the fact that he didn't tell his players what the overtime rules were. This is was his decision was to get the ball, and they ended up they end up scoring a uh, a field goal. Um, if you kick the ball off, and Andy Reid explained this afterwards, you kick the ball off, and you know what you need. So if you need a a touchdown. Then every single four downs becomes a four down decision, like that third down decision where Purdy got got uh, pressured and 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 missed Ayuk in the end zone. They would have had another chance at the next play if they knew they were chasing a touchdown. So they settled for a field goal. I just think Shanahan was exposed in that moment, and then he admitted that it was pre planned and it had nothing to do with resting the defense. I don't know. What did you guys think about that? Um, I. I, I thought the whole thing was weird. You know, I only think you get the ball first in overtime is if you're going to get it and you think the defense is gassed. Um, but, you know, they were coming off of offense, not off of defense. So that one struck me as weird. I understand what he's saying, but, God, like how many times have we gotten to a third? I'd love to know the numbers on how many times we've actually gotten to a third possession on offense. Uh, you know, I, I didn't see anything wrong with the call as it happened, I thought, to give him – to your point, Doug, of giving his defense uh, maybe even more rest um, for, you know, what they what they could have. The thing that I think that is was difficult for me to, to connect the two is college starts in field goal range already. You know, like so. So I think there's just such a huge advantage for deferring where if you get a stop or they miss a field goal, then you just know we can't do anything stupid like here. Like I understand the 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 value of the knowledge of what the other team did. And I also think that by getting the ball first, you have to do something with that possession. You at least have to get a first down so you're not punting it back around the 30-yard line. But I, I, I still would have probably have done what Kyle Shanahan did, take the ball, give my defense some rest, try to take their gas defense and, and, and make a play. And they got all the way down to the five-yard line. You know, they just couldn't cash it in and – um, maybe that proves the point against him, but I, I didn't have a problem with Kyle Shanahan's decision. Um, I can understand why people would, but I didn't. I also, uh, I, I, this, I, I got my Dan Byer going. I love the uniform matchup. Ah, I yes. Yeah. I mean, Niners in, uh, Niners in white are great classic uniforms. The Chiefs in red. I don't love the Chiefs uh, red with the red helmets, whatever, uh, but it is, it's classic. It, like, you know, they didn't. It, there was nothing special. This is just these are their uniforms. This is who they are, and I did. I did love that. I know it's love and hate. 
Um, give us what you love, what you hated. Hit us up on social media, at Gottlieb Show on Twitter or Instagram. Did you know Discover wants everyone to feel special? That's why with Discover Card, you have 24-7 customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card limitations apply. Coming up on the Doug Gottlieb Show, live at thetyrat.com studios. Kyle Shanahan uh, uh, deciding to receive the ball in overtime has been some form of controversy. We'll ask TJ Husbandzada what he thinks and how did he think Brock Purdy played? We'll get to that coming next. But first, if you were glued to commercials last night, like I was, then I'm sure you saw Pfizer's cancer ad. It's generating a ton of buzz. That's because cancer affects a ton of lives. I mean, did you know that cancer ranks as the second leading cause of death globally with nearly one in three people in the U.S. receiving a cancer diagnosis in their lifetime? Totally unsettling statistic. I get it. But Pfizer's 175th anniversary ad last night offered us some kind of help, right? And hope really did. Paid homage to the extraordinary scientists, their groundbreaking discoveries, both past and present, and celebrating the ongoing work that Pfizer is doing to bring the next generation of breakthroughs to all of their patients. Pfizer is investing significantly in the fight against cancer, probably one of the greatest health challenges of our time. And we can help, whether it's maintaining regular screenings for early detection or participating in clinical trials that pave the path for life-saving interventions. Each of us can play an active role in the fight against cancer. So don't wait. Visit letsoutdocancer.com now to learn more. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 